from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Minutes. our buckle on Tuesdays. No Griff. Griff's off this week. He was down in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl, taking a vacation this week. He'll be back next Tuesday. And Gator Dave checks in a little later, hour two. I tried to get Dan Lust, the sports lawyer up in New York, on this morning. He was not available. He said he could go later in the week. And we'll figure that out. We'll schedule him somewhere later in the week. That's the guesting for today, 615-844-5600. You can text that line anytime, anytime you choose. On Twitter, at King and email the show, King 7 at gmail.com. News on Monday. That's right. News on Monday, the National Labor Relations Board Regional Director in Boston found that members of the Dartmouth, you're going to say, no, wait a minute, Bill, Bill, have you lost your course here? What's Dartmouth got to do with this show? Just, Just bear with me found that members of the Dartmouth men's basketball team are employees and granted them the right to unionize. Now, this happened at Northwestern a couple of years ago where that regional NLRB granted them the right to unionize and then it was appealed and was not granted. In this case, probably will. Probably will. This will be appealed, but that's where we're heading. Which takes us eventually a step closer to 
the schools paying the players, meaning an employee-employer relationship. Unions, labor negotiations, contracts, contract disputes, strikes, all that mess is coming our way. It is coming our way, and what kind of track it's on remains to be seen, but it is coming our way. And uh, we all need to brace for it. That news hit on Monday. Now, let me reiterate, that's not the first time this has happened. It happened with North Northwestern a couple of years ago but ended up failing. It's not going to eventually fail, though. Failed for now, yes. Did fail for now, but won't eventually fail now that we have this particular situation brewing again. Tom in Myrtle Beach checking in. And again, Charles R. Buckle with us in about... 10 minutes. Buck with us in about 10. Tom says, Bill, since the NCAA is messing with your boy Nico, I decided to bet him to win the Heisman. Actually put some John Daly's pizza money on Nico and also Judkins, meaning Nico Iamaleava and Quinchon Judkins for the Buckeyes. He bet, that's a little more than John Daly's pizza money here, I believe. Am I reading this? He put 700 on Quenchon Judkins to win, and he put 300 on Nico to win for the Heisman. Yeah, Nico, there's no way that, uh, as far as I know, and I've had people ask me, matter of fact, my uh, oldest boy in dental school texted me the other day, Bill, is Nico going to have to sit out? They're going to sit him down. No, no, that's that's not happening. That's not happening. Yeah, so Tom putting down some, uh, that that's, that's some Pappy's, that's not John Daly's pizza money. That's some Pappy's money. It's a little bit of Pappy's money. Mike the Mad Dog says, Bill, did you see this? Toby Keith passed away. He was 62. He lived. Wasn't he a big Oklahoma fan? Big Boomer Sooner fan? Lived in Norman, I do believe, and he had stomach cancer. And he passed away on Monday. Sad news there. Said, Bill. Worked as a rough neck in the oil fields of Oklahoma as a young man, then played semi-pro football before launching his career as a singer. That's sad news. But but he was a big Boomer Sooner fan, and, and I know there's bigger picture items than what I'm about to bring up, but he's never going to get to see his beloved Boomer Sooners in the SEC. Again, I know there's way bigger items than that, but... I'm sure he was looking forward to that. He had stomach cancer. He'd had surgeries and, and things, and, and it, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, sad news there. 
Yeah, very, very sad news there. Hate, hate to hear that. Hate to hear that. There's other news out there. Yeah, other news that is out there. Meetings continue with the power structure of college sports, but you could say in this case college football. And the SEC and the Big Ten, did you see this? They're meeting in Dallas. Are threatening the future of the playoffs. Yes, that is true. Here's how it reads, and this is Yahoo. The latest delay casts more doubt on the future of the playoff beyond 2025, the final year of that 10 FBS conferences in Notre Dame are contractually bonded together through the college football television deal with media partner ESPN. Though the college football playoff is in the midst of negotiations with ESPN to extend the deal, there is currently no contractually bound playoff starting in 2026. In an interview with Yahoo Sports earlier in the week, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey and Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti for the first time publicly expressed doubts in their commitment to the future of the college football playoff if leaders can't get right a litany of issues. So back to the threats. We've talked about this a lot dating back to Mike's life when he was trying to get done full cost of scholarship or full cost of attendance. And also when he was trying to get to the first playoff, to the initial four-team playoff. They're threatening their participation. Now, let me say this. I don't think they really want a situation where they hold up the playoffs starting in 2026 with the new contract. They're threatening as a power angle on this. Basically saying, if you don't get some items right, the way they ought to be done, the way we see that they ought to be done, then how about you go and play your little playoff in the future without the two power leagues. Let's see how popular that is. That still would be, people would watch it, but it would be less meaningful. Let me put it that way. Asked if he was committed to the college football playoff beyond 2025, Sankey said, yep, but we've got a lot to get right. The commitment is we want to see this get right. More quotes. We have the reality of meeting to deal with the college football playoff governance with the 2026 season and beyond. That's a highly important issue. 
Petiti. Here's some quotes from him. I'm new to the college football playoff meetings. How these things develop, there have been some surprises. The focus on what this is going to look like beyond 2026 is highly important and deserves a lot of time and discussion. At their meeting ahead of the national championship game in Houston, the College Football Board of Managers encompassing a university president from each of the 10 FBS conferences and Notre Dame was poised to move the 12-team expanded playoff from what's known as a 6-6 to a 5-7, a decision corresponding with the Pac-12's realignment shakeup by decreasing by one the number of automatic qualifiers and adding one at-large spot. However, the vote was delayed by the Pac-12's representative on the board, Washington State President Kurt Schultz, whose vote in a format change is necessary. The decision must be unanimous to change the format for the final two years of the current contract, 24 and 25. Yeah. SEC and the Big Ten's going to get their way, all right? It's going to get ugly. Tells our buckle when we come back. On this Tuesday edition, Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning, just a couple of accidents out here, but it's already starting to build with a little bit of volume already on 24 westbound up through the Antioch area, coming in from Laverne, Smyrna, and from Rutherford County towards Nashville. Looking good right now on 24 up by the Jolton exit. We're keeping an eye on that. As same thing out there in Kingston Springs. That still looks pretty good right now on 40 eastbound as you come through Kingston Springs out of Dixon County headed towards Nashville. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken has you covered for the big game coming up this Sunday. They can help you with catering, but you got to contact them ASAP, princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Do you ever feel like gambling is causing financial strain or hurting your relationships? The Gambling Clinic has been helping people who want to change their gambling habits for over two decades. With physical clinics and remote online appointments, we're here to help you make informed decisions about your gambling so it doesn't lead to a bigger problem. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com so we can work together to help you win your life back. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Bar Lines at the Omni Nashville Hotel downtown is at the heart of Music City. Located within walking distance of the Country Music Hall of Fame, Bar Lines at the Omni is your downtown honky-tonk destination. Watch your team from any seat on their plentiful HD TVs and catch a live show on the Bar Lines stage featuring live music seven days a week. Bar Lines has the ultimate southern comfort food. Get started with classic fried green tomatoes or bourbon barbecue wings. Then it's on to the massive Smashville 
double stack or the world famous bar lines grinder oh you've never heard of the bar lines grinder two kinds of cheese lettuce dijon smoked turkey smoked bacon smoked ham now that's some smoke you want local brews and local spirits are on tap at bar lines take a seat on the patio outside and soak up the rhythm of music city bar lines at the omni nashville hotel fifth avenue downtown It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5 and the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. And I'm former All-Pro linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, also known as Mr. Monday Night, Keith Bullock. And I'm Patton Cook. We're inviting you to join us every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 for What's Good with KB and JB, the podcast show. All live on Nashville Sports Radio and all streaming platforms. We talk Titans, we talk SEC football, we talk NBA, we talk everything, and we also get a little petty from time to time. Make sure you join us. While working, he eats kale and pets a cat. Bill King is a multitasker. Our buckle on Tuesdays with us, Buck. During your playing days back at UCLA in the mid '80s, late '80s, was there any talk of unions and all that? Talk. Say that again, Bill. Talk of it, what? Unions. Uh, not really. No, I mean that 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 didn't that wasn't a thing that really was brought up back when I was playing. I, I I mean I think you know folks would have would have liked to have some union uh opportunities only because of some of the things that were happening, but no, that that wasn't really a, a topic of discussion for us that I was, remember. Was there much talk and you were about ten years after Coach Wooden had retired, but was there talk about how they got paid back in the day? Oh, well, there was always talk about how they got paid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that never was not a, a conversation, <laughs> believe me. I mean, because, you know, you think about it, we, you know, you, you kind of know the things that were happening way before, you know, before our time. And even like, hey, I, I came from uh, Texas, so it was a little bit right. different. Uh, the Southwest Conference was a little more wide open in the in the fact that uh, how NIL and all that stuff is now. They were doing that <laughs> back then, and it wasn't just a, in the Southwest Conference. You knew it was going on all across the country. So, I, I think 
there was conversation about it, but once you got to the place where you were and you you, you kind of in your situation, you you just dealt with it the best you could. You know, um, I don't I don't think once you got somewhere and you, you found your home and you found your people, you were pretty good. You were what year in high school when SMU got hit in '84? Uh, I would have been a sophomore then. Yeah, that was my sophomore year. I finished. I graduated in '86. So, yeah, that was uh, it. Was interesting times because you know they they were recruiting pretty heavily in our area. Of course, when you think of all the guys that had come through there uh, and some very talented players. Uh, but I, I don't. I think the problem for them was, and this is what I think you see coaches now trying to do: make sure you don't tell on each other too much, because if you do, you can get yourself in harm's way. And that clearly was something that was happening then. Uh, pretty much turning each other in, and it, it, it brought to the, the demise of that whole conference. And it was, you know, it was a lot, a lot of stuff that was happening. Uh, a lot of guys that were were making some good money and being able to. Basically, uh, that that version of name, image, and likeness back then. No transfer portal, though. It was a little bit different. But uh, the, the the things that were happening, I mean, when you, you read things, that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. There was a lot of stuff going on. And it was, you know, the, the thing is, um, there was so many people recruiting in that area, too. Cause it was, it's, and it's still that way. It's a very talented, rich area. And a lot of guys, like, I just think, when I was thinking about the, the question that you brought up, just in my area, you know, um, Johnny Bailey went to Yates. Uh, you know, Melvin Foster was at Yates. You had uh, James Francis at Lamarck High School, Andre Ware at, at Dickinson. And, you know, not only us in that 86 kind of class, but all the guys that were before us. So you think of, you know, Eric Dickerson was from Sealy, and he was – four or five years older than me, and then he and Craig James both went to SMU, but they weren't the only ones. I mean, it was a lot of, you know, Jerry Ball out of Beaumont Hebert. Um, you know, I'm just just a few names, but if you just go in that Beaumont, Port Arthur through Houston metro area, I mean, I'm just naming just a few of the guys. And any time you got together and you did these picture, like I, I looked at something five or six years ago from the Houston Chronicle that did a, a picture of all the local area guys. Quite a few of us ended up playing at some point, you know, college, but quite a few of us made it to the league. Uh, I I think, you know, when you come from a place where you see it happening, your dream can really happen quicker. And and despite all the money and everything else, or the, you know, the negative recruiting, illegal recruiting, you still had a lot of talented individuals that came out of that, out of that, 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 that area. Joseph Buckle with us on Tuesdays. Buck, I bring it up. As a precursor to the news that hit on Monday, the National Labor Relations Board said the Dartmouth basketball players could unionize. Now, that'll get appealed, and I warned everybody in the audience, this happened a couple of years ago with Northwestern, and on appeal, it got struck down. Eventually, they're going to be unionized. It's going to happen. I don't know what time we're looking at here, Buck, because that sometimes goes at a stale pace. But eventually, these players are going to become employees, and they're going to unionize. Yeah, you know. So the other side of that bill, which is interesting that you bring that up, is how how much closer have the SEC and the Big Ten started looking at things? So 
you know, Nick Saban just retired. And people may say, well, he's going to just go away and ride off into the sunset. I don't tend to think that. I think Nick's got a lot left in him. And if I were, you know, as smart as Greg Sankey is, and, you know, you just think about some of the other things that you have to look at, I would really say, you know, we need to make Nick Saban <laughs> our de facto commissioner or a guy that can really help because he's been in the game. He's won championship. He know he knows he knows all the things that they need to know as it relates to college football. But the part for me that's just interesting is that as a National Labor Labor Relations Board is saying that, you gotta f- realize and figure that the NCAA in particular the SEC and the Big Ten who really own all the cards aren't going to just stand by idly and let that happen. So I, I think we're, we're, we're getting into a point where, yes, there is going to be some kind of union, unionization of college football, but who's going to go first? Is it going to be the conferences coming together to say, hey, we need a commissioner? You know, there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes, and, you, I mean, we can all kind of see it right before our eyes, and it'll be interesting to see how it comes and how it happens and which domino falls first. Georgia dog down on the Emerald Coast, says Bill. Ask Buck if tight end is more important in college football than it used to be 10 years ago. I think it was important back in the, in the day. I just think um, they have allowed, just like any other position, but they've allowed the tight end to play a bigger role in, in certain offenses. Andy Reid has, has done that no matter where he's been. I mean, if you go back when he was a tight end coach, with the Packers, they had guys like Jackie Harris who was catching 500 passes over the course of his career. They just didn't do, you know, Keith Jackson played in that offense. They've had, they've had guys in the past, but I think what happens now is when you have a quarterback and you have a former quarterback, because Kelsey was a quarterback coming up, thought he was going to play that in, in college, and, and the quarterback really understands, hey, the tight end is my best friend. He is the guy that's the biggest body that can get open even when he's not open. Look at George Kittle. Look at Kelsey. Look at some of the young guys that are coming up that are making plays. I, I You know, I think it's funny you say that because in the barbershop the other day we were talking about what Lamar Jackson should have done and, and not so much Lamar Jackson but his offensive coordinator. Why didn't they run more two tights with Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews and pound the football and do some boot action to allow Lamar to use his legs when he needed to and get out of harm's way. But, again, two tight ends that could really make a difference for that Ravens offense. I mean, you just look around the landscape of the league, I think it's because coaches now have a better sense of, I don't need to just say I'm going to put one guy in a matchup situation, meaning how we would do with Marshall Falk. But, no, I have this matchup that I can take advantage of in so many ways and shapes and forms. And the run game is still really important, which the tight end lends itself to perfectly. Travis Kelsey is not going to be a road grader, but he's a willing blocker. If you are willing to block in your 6'5", 6'6", and 250, 245, 260, then you, you, you really are, are super important. So I think the thing is some teams back in the day just thought of the tight end as a glorified tackle. We never did with the Colts. Ted Marchabota really believed in using the tight ends. There were a lot of coaches that did. I just think now with the passing game being more wide open and some of the things that they can do, linebackers being a little smaller, safeties not really being able to cover but being hybrid linebacker safety positions, you can match those people up and play so much better 
not only in college football, but in, in the pros as well. Has the tight end position, Buck, become more important at the detriment of an additional receiver or the running back position? Um, I think more as, uh, from the receiver standpoint. Because remember, when when we got enamored with the running shoot or the three wides, the tight end was more of a guy that you know had to kind of stand and help protect if you had extra rush, you know, extra pass pass rushers. And I think now that the advent of the defensive end being a four three four four guy that can get off the edge, sometimes you got to get rid of the football a lot quicker, or you need a guy to stand that can at least chip before he leaves, or just you know slow that guy up so the tackle doesn't get nightmares, <laughs> which they already do anyway. So no, I think it's not a detriment on the running back. I think it's been more uh, of a understanding. Hey, I got a big dude in here that can play receiver. I can flex him out, but I can also put him in line. I can move him around. That other additional receiver can become a little bit more expendable, so to speak, because now I can use him and slice. Like he can come across and, and, and you know hit the edge and do different things. I can't do that with the receiver all the time. There's some some receivers that aren't that are willing to do it, but they're just the body type was not made for that. So I think. To answer your question, it doesn't hurt the running back. That's more of a receiver because a tight end can be a big receiver. He can be a smaller lineman. He can be a move guy. He can be a fullback. Think about the versatility of tight ends when you watch games. Look at Kyle Juszczyk. You know, he's not really a fullback, but he is a fullback in San Francisco's offense, but he can be a tight end. You can spread him out. He's got really good hands. He can block. He can do bob back on backer, meaning, you know, he can do one-on-one isolation uh, when you need to, there's so many different things from a body standpoint that tight ends, if they're athletic, which most of them are now, or fullback that plays H-back tight end, that they become the guy that takes the place of that extra receiver or becomes the receiver in certain situations. Charles Buckle with us each and every Tuesday question here on the text line, this is Jim in Texarkana wants to know in the Super Bowl, who do you like? Um, man, it's hard, the Chief. it's hard to bet against the Chiefs. It's hard to bet against the Chiefs. You know, I, I, I say I lean toward the Chiefs because here's why, Bill. We, we said, oh, man, they're done. Their receivers aren't making plays. They're starting to do that now. They finally figured out they've got three or four key weapons that they go to. And those have been the guys. And I'll say this, the Chiefs' defense really has played well. And the only reason I'm hedging is because Omenahu is out. And to me, that hurts the Chiefs' defense in in the sense that Chris Jones, think about where they can line him up. He can move all over the place. And Omenahu, before he got hurt, was really a key weapon. But I just something about Spagnola and how he designs things on defense. I I don't think the offenses here are the ones that win this game. I really do think it's going to be – how the defense is uh, for both teams. Jim Wilkes has done an outstanding job. San Francisco has had a tendency to get behind and then come storming back. Don't sleep on Brock Purdy, um, a guy that, you know, we just keep saying he's a game manager, but damn, he's managing the hell out of some games and winning. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, but uh, I I really expect it to be a close game, and I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think it'll be one of those that that can come down to, to the wire. Who is Brock Purdy's comp? Who does he remind you of? Oh, man. That's a hard one because – I know. I, I mean, I was 
we, Buddy and I were talking about that the other day. I, I just, I find him a winner, man. Um, you know, I find him as a winner, and I find him as a guy that's just had all these people say, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I don't think people realize he had his elbow repaired last year, right? I mean, this dude is tough as nails. And you can see the respect that his teammates have for him. But I, from a comparable standpoint, that's been a hard one for me because I just haven't been able to say, hey, he reminds me of this guy, right? It, 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 that's been, you know, is it a Gus Ferrat maybe? I, I'm just I'm reaching because I, I haven't been able to make a comparable to him. I just know that whenever anybody says anything negative about Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant says, okay, what else you got for me? And even if they lose this game and he, he doesn't have a great game, I still say, look at his, look at what he's been able to do to get them in the position to to play for the the Lombardi Trophy. And this is, you know, a, a league that looks at quarterbacks. We talk about, oh, you know, look at this next year, Caleb Williams. We look at all these great guys that are coming out. This dude has found a way to win, and I think sometimes we need to start looking at quarterbacks that have that kind of makeup, whatever that makeup is, the the, the desire to say, okay. I get hurt, I keep battling back. I'm not the guy, I'm not the first string guy, but I keep finding ways. Teammates want to play with him. And that's the part for me that I always look look to to see, hey, is he respected? If his teammates respect him, then you know in the locker room he's highly respected and he's doing things the right way. Buck, appreciate it, man. See you next week. All right, Bill. You have a good one. Thanks. Charles our buckle. Always outstanding. No Griff today. Griff's off. Griff's vacationing. We'll have him back next week. Gator Dave, about 20 minutes into hour two on the Nashville Hotel. Good morning, we're seeing heavy traffic develop now on 24 westbound up through the Antioch area coming in from Rutherford County as you leave Murphy Sprawl towards Nashville. Still looking good right now in Vietnam Vets. We expect that to get a little bit heavier here in the next few minutes westbound, especially on Vietnam Vets there as you head towards Conference Drive through Hendersonville. Uh, still looking good right now out on the west side coming in from uh, uh, Kingston Springs there on 40 eastbound up towards Bellevue. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken has you covered for the big game coming up this Sunday. They can help you with catering, check them out today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. <clears throat> oh, beautiful gold rush with your sparkling top prize. You surely are a sight for sore eyes. And jackpot slots with your chance of $75,000 winners. Oh, how I'd take you for a candlelight dinner. Uh, sounds like people are really loving the new February Instant Game from the Tennessee Lottery. Play today for your chance to win up to $5 million, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. It seems like everywhere you look right now, someone is sick. This year, prepare your family for airborne invaders like bacteria, pollen, and yes, germs with Navage Nasal Care. 
Navage flushes ultra-pure, refreshing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. Navage sucks out viruses, dust, and other airborne particles, all the stuff that gets trapped in your nose making you miserable. Don't get caught empty-handed this winter. Get Navage, the drug-free solution that helps you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier. Even better, Navage is HSA, FSA eligible. So Navage is a great way to spend those funds before they expire. Don't wait a minute longer. Buy Navage today and you'll breathe easier knowing you're putting your funds to good use. Navage is available online at navage.com or Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. This is the Greg Fogue and John Burton Show. To me, Lamar looked like he wanted to prove a point. And Instead of just playing the game. Exactly. I did, agree with you 100%. Didn't want to use his legs as much. Wanted yep. to show that he could win this game passing. And like that tip pass that he caught three years ago, he would have housed that sucker. Yeah. You're right. I think he, he played to prove a point instead of playing to win the damn game. Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. King is the mother twelfth data point of college football. All right, let's get back into this. The power two, that'd be the SEC and the Big Ten. That'd be Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti are in talks right now. And there's quite a division that the big two have with whether it's Charlie Baker or everybody else. And it's down to several items. Number one, the college football playoff format of the future. We've got two more years in its current state. And, again, we're expanding to 12 beginning this next year, but two more years of the current TV contract. And then 26, everything's new. New TV contract, which we don't have yet, and 12 teams, but what's the format? There's big disagreement over the format. Right now, it has not been approved to move the format to a 5-7 type situation. Five conference champions, seven at large. Right now it's 6-6. Six and six. And Petiti and Sankey want 5-7. and seven. Frankly, and let's take this to another level. From what I understand, the SEC wants it to be all at large. 
for obvious reasons. Yeah, for very obvious reasons. Have it all stacked in your favor, and the Big Ten as well, both of them. That is what they want, but right now it's 6-6. Six and six. They want, at least for the next two years, it be 5-7. and seven. That has not been approved because you need a unanimous vote. And the Washington State vote there is holding it up. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's one big problem that they've got to hammer out, and the SEC and the Big Ten are going to play hardball. Here's another problem. And this came up a month or two ago. SMU raised a bunch of money internally to fund themselves so they could join the ACC without pay for a couple of years. They did that with an agreement they felt like that was in place that says of the current playoff distribution money that you get just for being in the Power Five, six million a school, Power Five now, they felt like they would get that. Everybody else outside the ACC, meaning the SEC, et cetera, SEC saying no, you don't get that six million. Jim Phillips taken aback by it. SMU's a little confused by this. They felt like, okay, we're now in the P5. We should get that distribution money. There's a line in the sand over that. There's a line in the sand over that right there, and the SEC and Greg Sankey's being pretty stubborn about it. Let's go to the next one. You ready? The future of the playoffs when it comes to the contract, but not just the contract, which is not in place yet, the new media relationship, but the distribution wording is also at stake here. And the SEC slash Big Ten, they're playing hardball as well. Back to... Sankey and Petiti here just very recently, but but Sankey in particular, saying that, in essence, they're threatening to not be part of it once we get past these next two years. There's no contract. Now, do I think that ends up being the case? No, I don't. But they are threatening that. They're saying, hey, you want to play hardball? We'll play hardball. How about you do your little rinky-dink tournament without us? How about that? See how that works out. Now, you know what? It'd still be some good football. I'd watch it. It won't be as good as it could be without the SEC and the Big Ten involved. But the ACC's got some good teams. Not as deep. Big 12's got some good teams. You've got what's left on the West Coast. It'd still be some good football. I'd watch it, but it's not going to have the TV revenue. Nor is it going to be as uh, popular or as talented without all those other teams that could be involved. I, again, find it highly unlikely 
that it gets to that point. I just am trying to tell you what the threats are right now and what's at stake right now. I repeat, I don't think it gets to that point, but the threats are very, very verbal. They're very much out there right now. No question. Yeah, no question. So just wanted to make sure we're up to date on everything. That is what's going on, and the verbal threats, the saber-rattling, I think we're past saber-rattling. I think we're beyond that. I think it's just, hey, here we are. Let's go. Let's meet in an alley if we need to. (laughs) All right. We will get the break. Coming right back. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. It's really starting to load up now with that traffic volume as we stared it live on 24 westbound, leaving Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, up through the Antioch area. It's picked up even more in Mount Julian there in Wilson County. Watch for a little bit of radar, and they're sneaky this morning out here on I-40. Uh, as you come through the Mount Julian area in that section of Wilson County, headed towards Nashville. Hey, 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services right here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. They're online. Check them out at TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. And now, Keep It Clean Tree Service is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women who serve in our U.S. military. Please visit USO.org and locate Military Care Package to see how you could make a difference today. This message is brought to you by Keep It Clean Tree Service. For tree trimming, tree removal, stump removal, grinding, and site management, beautify your property with Keep It Clean Tree Service. Give the pros a call today at 615-480-0029, 615-480-0029, or visit KeepItCleanSolutions.com. That's Keep It Clean Tree Service, proudly saluting our troops and veterans. They're professionals who care. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through Hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. 
To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly fit. Package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. It's a Bill King show. This Nick Saban topic is so interesting. I was thinking about the future, the new teams that the SEC and the B1G are bringing in and the Big 12, the 12-team playoff. The lawlessness, the constant change, but now we enter the next playing portion without Nick Saban. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Got biscuits, kitchen notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel does, and Bill King loves them all. Oh, I had it wrong earlier. Tom bet 10 to win. 300, I believe, and then 10 to win 700 on Nico and Quinchon Judkins. I, I had a little too many zeros there, I believe. No worries. Tom's got – it's realistic he could have bet that much, but he didn't is the point. Josh, Bill, are you ready to admit – Josh and Picktown. Bill, are you ready to admit that the Buckeye defense under Jim Knowles will be generational – this next playing portion. Let it be known that I am an endorser of Jim Knowles and what he's done for that defense. No doubt about it. But generational has to be on the field. It'd be hard for me to sit here and say generational before they play it down. Now, I do have some evidence Watching them and how well they played most of last year, they are remarkably improved. They weren't playing a lick of defense prior to him getting there at times, let's say. They have tightened that side of the ball up significantly. Let's also add those returning to that side of the ball. Let's also, again, witness the addition of Caleb Downs. But generational has to be, we watch it and we acknowledge it. But I'm I'm pumped up about how good they can be. Yes. We will find a term to categorize them when we see the output. When we see on the field what they are about. 
Braun in Ohio. He is a big Nebraska fan. Bill, Nick Saban as a commissioner would not work out. Well, I don't like the idea of a commissioner, period. I don't care who it is. Too biased with the SEC, Bill. Commissioner is necessary, but challenge is finding an unbiased person. Somebody like Oliver Luck might work. Yeah, I've never liked the idea of, I've never subscribed to the, they need some overseer. I don't like that idea at all. Man, if we had that back in 2020, we would be in a world of hurt right now. My God. There's no way. I'm the SEC office in the Big Ten office. I'm going to yield to some guy in a ivory tower. No, 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 no. That's that is not happening. Rod a Buckeye in Texas. Bill, no grip today. Guess I can skip my blood pressure meds as well today, Bill. Jim and Jupiter bleep Griff. Dude sucks. Also says Bill SMU is a piece of uh, excrement. Just like most of the ACC. They'll fit nicely in the ACC, Bill. Josh in Picktown. Bill, Buckeyes, Texas, Council Bluffs today, 2 o'clock. I would favor today at 2. Here's my only drawback. If we got to play today at 2. And you got Will Howard, who's new to that offense, and he's going to be the quarterback. And obviously you've got Trevion Henderson, but you're bringing in Quinshawn Juckins. Now, the transitioning a running back is not a big deal. That's not a big deal. Quarterback can be. I would maybe favor Texas just because of that. On paper, I'd probably slightly favor the Buckeyes. But if it's literally today at 2, and Will Howard's got to trot out there, Texas might win that game. Now, if you're saying, Bill, let's get on into the season, let him rep it out this this spring and in August and all that and get into the game playing portion, then I would favor the Buckeyes. Both are playoff, top-level playoff teams. But based on Josh's timing, that would be a little bit of a concern of mine. Jim and Jupiter, Bill, don't even entertain postseason without the B1G and the SEC. There is zero chance that happened. The big two will win. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Tom and Myrtle Beach, ACC Big 12 12-team playoffs. I bet Fox, NBC, ESPN, CBS won't be as excited as you to see that. Now, an all-B1G SEC 12-team playoff would make the media very happy. Well, I don't know what the media rights would yield on that. It's, it's, I just find it very hard to believe we're going to get to that point. I think the SEC, the Big Ten, is going to get what they want here. But... 
I'm just saying if it came to that, I'd watch it. It wouldn't be as exciting as if we had everybody available. But I would watch it. Now, back in 2020, when all these leaks were canceling, they said maybe we'll play in the spring. I made it very clear I'm not watching any of that. And I wouldn't have. Remember how laughable that was? Legit national writers, Corona Bros, writing, yeah, but the spring is a possibility. All right, hour two coming up. No grip. Yeah, no grip.